Welcome to the Retirement Plan Playbook. I am Brent Pasqua, and I'm joined here by Matthew Thiel and Joshua Winterswike. Today's show, I think, is, a, is actually a very timely show, and I think it's going to be extremely helpful for people because we're really going to talk about the tips on how people can manage the decline in the stock market. And with everything that's going on right now, I think that this is important. But before I start, I just want to make sure that neither of you guys are coughing as you kind of enter this uh, recording room, right? I mean, it's possible I coughed. I, and so everybody knows, like, I, I actually took their temperatures as they were walking in today to make sure that they weren't sick and we're all protecting each other. But are you guys still on guard with everything that's going on? Yeah, I'm, I'm very on guard. Um, I'm washing my hands. I'm trying to flatten the coronavirus curve. So if you wash your hands a lot, um, that helps keep the virus at bay. I'm also wearing a mask in the grocery stores and I'm practicing social distancing. Did, did you really? Nah. Uh did uh, you wear a mask in the store? No, not this weekend. I actually went to Costco. I saw the craze there um, on Saturday, and then I uh, went to a sporting event on Sunday, but I didn't see too many masks. Can either of you guys just let me know why people are going so crazy about water? Like, I, I haven't figured that out yet. I'm going to need help with that, too. I, well, I mean, like, for, for me, I know I have, like, a filtered water system through my refrigerator. Mm-hmm. So, like, unless, like, the water supply is infected, I'm not really sure. Matt, do you understand that? Yeah, it's just animal spirits. Yeah. Like, you know, people, survival instincts are taking over. Gotcha. And once the one thing you need to survive. I think one really good positive, though, is that, like, for, for any natural disaster prepping, I think we talked about on, the, like, the last show, too. Pretty good. Like, right. everyone's getting stocked up. I'm happy for everyone that we're ready for anything. Yeah, and I think uh, for people to find out more about coronavirus right now, it's so all over the media. They probably don't want to listen to it on another podcast because I think at some point people are going to get sick of this stuff. Yeah. But um, it is obviously having a major impact on the stock market. And the first thing that kind of led me to question is, like, why do stocks go down like this? Well, it's really a supply and demand issue, right? And this might sound kind of like snarky, but there's stocks are going down because there's more people selling than buying and the buyers are demanding lower prices to purchase stock. Mm-hmm. So it's not like everyone sells stocks, right? To create a transaction, you also need to have someone willing to buy them. So it's econ 101, supply and demand. Uh, buyers want the stock lower, so sellers are forced to sell lower. That's it. And how do the fundamentals of a stock decline actually start to work? Sometimes they don't actually come into play. So like right now, right, the economy is pretty strong. Um, everyone's like, oh, it's great. Why, why is the market going down? But we just can never predict that, right? We never know what's going to happen. And so what, what ends up happening is we get the system kind of starts clearing itself out. And people who took too much leverage, an example would be maybe they bought stocks on margin or debt. You know, they're getting margin calls and they're, they're getting wiped out right now. That's called forced liquidation. That's what, what makes the stocks go down. Is there anything that happens during this period that, like, let's take, for example, Apple. Is there anything that drastic that's happening to that company over a two-week period that would make the company's stock drop that much that fast? I think it's just the market's response to the unknown. Like, because we still don't know so much about what's going to happen if it really does affect the, you know, core fundamentals of the the company so it's like really just the market reacting to this new information that we're uncertain of because we don't really know what's going to happen so it's that reaction to 
that news. Do you think during these times that most individuals like you and I or people listening to the show are the ones that are actually jumping on their computers and placing trades? No. No, they shouldn't be. Yeah, absolutely not. So who is actually selling right now? Institutions, people that are being forced to via margin calls. I mean, when you're selling stock, you're selling a business. So, so who really wants to, to do that? Um, there's also professional money managers who you know, make their livelihood telling people they could beat the stock indices. Well, when the stock indices start going down, the only way they're going to beat the indices is by betting against companies or by selling their positions and looking different than the overall market. Does the average person or should the average person really pay attention to this down market right now? I think it's important to to understand what's going on. But again, if if you've been planning for your finances and whatever goal you have, or even if it's retirement, you're running this scenario already within your plan before it happens. I mean, or I hope you did, or we hope that that's being taken place. Because then you kind of already know, you already knew at some point there was going to be a market correction. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you were creating that plan for the future, that long-term view, did you incorporate this downturn in the market? And hope so, because then you really shouldn't be paying that much attention. You kind of forecasted it already. Do you think that in this type of market that stocks can just continue to keep dropping infinitely or at where does it actually stop? Yeah, I mean, theoretically it's possible, but as the whole thing I always tell clients, you know, if the stock market goes to zero, I don't really think the value of your IRA or 401k is to much value anymore. I mean, there's probably much bigger issues going on. Maybe there's a zombie apocalypse. Maybe there's a like a asteroid that hit the world yeah, and <laughs> yeah, like half the world got wiped out. Again, bigger issues than your stock account. Yeah, so the, the, the fear that people had in 2008 was they're going to be left with nothing and they panicked, sold, and they got rid of all their stuff. And the next thing they know, they were in a bad position. They thought they lost it all when had they just waited, they would have been okay. Yeah, 2008, the financial system was failing. The financial system isn't failing again. I mean, the financial system, that's a once in a hundred year event. I mean, from everything that you can see, how much more different is what's going on right now than from 2008? It's night and day. This is just a pricing in of a recession right now, a global wide recession. China was shut down for two months. Italy's shutting down. The rest of Europe will probably shut down. Here in the United States, we could eventually shut down. And that's all that's happening. That that makes stocks go down. I think one of the most important things that people are probably thinking about, because it's human nature, they see all the red on MSNBC, on CNBC. They see it everywhere. They see the market is declining. What strategies should people use to minimize downside in this market? There's a a couple different strategies. And one just simply comes to mind is assessing your risk. The strategy of making sure you're comfortable with the investments that you currently own. And there's, you know, a few different ways, Matt, you want to, you want to tackle your favorites? Yeah. So like someone who's more of an active trader, right? They might look at shorting stocks, right? Betting against a company. You could make money that way, but you put a big risk because in bear markets, we have what I like to call rip your face off rallies. And you never know when they're going to come. It usually comes on some sort of government news or uh, maybe the Federal Reserve did something or maybe uh, Warren Buffett bought stock. And then literally it creates this massive short squeeze and the S&P is up 5% that day. 
right? It's making back all of its gains. So shorting stocks is great for maybe active traders who are trying to get in and get out, but for the everyday person, it's, it's a really poor strategy. What does shorting your stocks actually mean? So what, how would someone do that and, and how does that actually work? It's slightly complex for the podcast format, but essentially what you do is you go to your broker and you tell them that I want to sell short a company, like I don't own it, but I want to bet against it. They find shares on borrow for you and you pay a little interest rate. So you're essentially borrowing someone else's shares and selling them. Do people actually do this with their retirement money? I'm sure there's people. I mean, it's definitely you're capable of doing it so i'm sure there's people well, out there well that actually do. theoretically you can't short stocks in mm-hmm. retirement accounts because you need margin mm-hmm. so it's not possible people would do it in their brokerage accounts and so that makes that unavailable for people to do in their 401k plans or things like that yeah exactly does that still the way that people are doing their shorts is that actually helping or hurting the market during this time right now that's that's an argument up for debate, and a lot of people got mad in 2008 because they actually banned short selling. Um, there's short selling bans in most global economies. I believe we had a short selling ban for a short period of time in the U.S. Because what they say is the people who are who are betting against the market are driving the stock prices down. So, Josh, why are bonds so important in a portfolio right now? As we're starting to see what's happening with this downside. So for the same reason that, you know, stocks are going down and people are selling them, if you're selling stock, what other investment do you have to purchase? You can go into cash. You can also buy bonds, right? More conservative investment would be bonds. Um, and so when you're purchasing bonds at this time, the actual price of the bonds, the demand's higher. So the price of the bond is actually going up. And so right now, although stocks are going down, bonds actually have a positive rate of return. And so um, just they're inversely correlated. And this can really help be your defense in the investment portfolio. I mean, for the listeners to know, like, what is a bond and sort of how does that all work? Yeah, so a bond is very similar to a CD. What you're doing is you're issuing, you're giving the company essentially money and they're paying you back interest. That's it's a loan with a fancy word or a fancy definition name. Yeah, and right. I always think of debt. Yeah. It's a company's debt. And so when they talk about the ten year treasury, what are they talking about there? The US government debt. The ten year US government um essentially bond. So essentially an investor can lend their money to the government over ten years and then and each year the government's gonna pay them interest. Yep, that's how it works. And during this time, that becomes somewhat valuable while stocks are declining. It is. They call it the flight to safety because everyone just wants the safe return. You know, you could make an argument if it's actually a good investment or not. It's probably better just to stay in stocks and have a little bit of bonds for diversification. Yeah. And I think why this is actually a very important time to for clients who are just retiring, you know, this can be a very nerve wracking time for clients, right? Because you've just retired you just started maybe income or maybe you're several years into retirement. You are concerned about the decline that's happening in the market. But should you really be concerned if you have stocks and bonds? The answer is no, because where are you generating your, your income from? It should be from your bond portion. Like in all of our um, portfolios that we use with clients, I mean, the bond positions are up pretty big this year. 
And so, yeah, sure, stocks are falling, but the bond losses are offsetting that and making it a lot less worse than it is. So if a client calls and they need money for not just income, but they have an emergency and they want to put some money in the bank and you know maybe there's something they need to do from the house, are you selling stock right now or are you just going to take it from their bond portfolio? No, we're going to take it from the bond portfolio. And then we, we practice what you know our strategy is, which is selling high. Well, because the bonds are positive rate of return right now. So we're selling a position that has a positive rate of return that's up. So we're selling high to create your income. We're not selling those stocks that are going down and have you know less value than they did prior to you calling or you know the month before. So during a time like this, why don't we just sell everything and go back when the coast is clear? Because we get that question all the time from listeners. That would take you having to be right twice. So if you sold today, when do you get back into the market? Do you not need any more return from your portfolio for the rest of your life? And so it would take you not only really selling now, we say we go all into cash, and then you'd also have to time when you're going to get back in the market. And those are just really two impossible tasks to time it right perfectly both times. So if a person thinks that you should sell everything in your portfolio. So you sell all your positions, turn it to cash, and then jump back in when the market is at the lowest point. How is that not possible? How do we not know when the lowest point is? Well, it's not like there's an airplane that drives by with a big sign that says the coast is clear, it's time to buy stocks. Like It just kind of happens and you don't realize it. Like You come into work one day or you, know, you log on to your your computer and you see, oh, uh, the federal government is enacting a $8 you know, billion dollar stimulus program. Then you look and you see stocks are up 4%. And then you're know, like, oh, it's just a, it's a short squeeze. It's going to go back down tomorrow. Then the next day you come in and it's up like you know, 6%. And then before you know it, stocks are back to where they were you know, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And you've missed it. And you missed that whole rally. Why? And, and we've gone through these so many times. But I feel like that question still always comes up. But why does the general public still believe that someone would know to sell now, know when to sell and when to buy? How would they know that? Why, why is it that they think that that's still possible? Just lack of real information and research. I mean, this is what we do. So we know the data behind those decisions, but just the lack of knowledge. And to be honest, big institutions like when there's lots of trading. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's this perception that like when the markets go up and down, there should be some sort of transaction. Well, who does that help? Does it really help the client or who is it helping? Yeah, because I guess the fundamentals before in the 80s, 90s and 2000s was to transact as much as possible. And so if there was an event going on, buy, sell, buy, sell, and it probably led to a lot of commissions for the advisor, but it wasn't the right fundamental for the actual public or the client. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's what they told you to get commissions that you need to move in and out of your money. Now that commissions are essentially zero and there's fee-only advisors, hey, guess what? When the market's going down, you don't need to do anything. Just sit there and wait it out and you'll be back to green in no time. And I feel like just generally, like, why would we do something so drastic for something that's so uncertain? So like even the coronavirus or any pandemic going in, in the history, we don't know what tomorrow brings. So why would you make such an extreme decision when we still don't know? Do you think we learned some of these from 2008, 2009? Yeah. Yeah, I think it made everybody 
a, a much better investor going through that period if you held and kind of just rode the wave. I mean, if, if you lived through 2008, I mean, you've pretty much seen it all, in my opinion. And if you rode that out, I'm pretty much certain that you could probably write this out, right? Yeah, I mean, as of recording, the, the stock market's not even down 20%. Yeah, and it feels like, I think because this is a two-part thing, this is like a health scare, and it's a, a money scare, and it can change some outcomes, it's probably leading to a little bit more of an emotional event than it is actually like a fundamental problem, obviously, like you said in the beginning. And it's just been so long since we've, you know, had this type of scare. You know, let's just relate it to 2008. I mean, now we're, you know, 12 years removed. If you miss some of the best days in the market over the 25 years, like what would that have done to your portfolio? Yeah, so that's the whole reason why you don't want to actually get out. Um, we have it in our investor deck that we show clients. I don't, I don't know it off the top of my head the exact numbers, but essentially the best 25 days of the market are clustered right next to the worst 25 days of the market. So what, what that's saying is that's why you don't want to pull out your money because you're actually going to miss the best days where all the returns come from. And it significantly drops your return if you miss like the five best days or the 10 best days. Therefore, the best strategy is just to buy and hold it out. So what I guess that you're saying is that if you got out right when the market was at its lowest points, you don't know to get back in. So you're going to miss that uptick in the market that day you come into the office, it's already too late. And next thing you know, you missed the incline of the market and, and now you've lost all of your balance. Yeah, I call it the rip your face off rally. Mm-hmm. I think Josh has it, has, it, has it up right now. Yeah, I, I found the data. Um, so if you miss the 25 best days in the market, it's a difference of five, right around 5% annually. So the rate of return, you know, since gives you a short time frame, 1990 to 2019, the S&P returned 9.96 um, through that same period, if you miss just the 25 best days, your rate of return is 4.99. So a significant difference. Yeah, almost 5% annually by just missing 25 of the best days. 5% annually is huge. I mean, that's got to mean the difference of a lifestyle in retirement, right? Just because you jumped in and out? Yeah, absolutely. Do you have clients that come to you because one spouse is more emotional with their stock picking versus the other? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think sometimes, you know, we get a ton of clients who, who do come through and they're looking to hire an advisor because maybe, you know, husband or wife managed the money for a while, but the other spouse is, is ready to turn it over to a professional. Yeah. It, and I think during these times right now, it could probably be so helpful that they take some of that emotion out of it. So let's say somebody is getting ready to retire soon. They're planning their retirement or they're actually already retired. What are some of the best strategies for retirees right now? I'll give you a short answer. Do nothing. Don't panic. The stock market going down 20%, 30%, 40%, 50% isn't going to change your retirement. People who retired in 2008 are just fine today. So basically, just don't even log into your account. Don't count your chips. Just let your portfolio do its thing. Call your advisor if you need a little emotional support, but don't, don't do too much to act on it. Yeah. Like if you want to chat with your advisor, give them a call and you know they'll, they'll talk you through it. But uh There's no move that you can make that'll save your retirement, but there is a move that you can make that'll break your retirement, and it would be panicking and ruining your whole retirement plan. Do you think this is an opportunity for people that are thinking about retiring in the next few years, or some people that have maybe cash on the side? 
Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, the way you position the portfolio today is going to dictate the outcome in the future. So, you know, right now with this pullback, if you do have cash or you were thinking about maybe even getting more aggressive because you were too conservative, now's a good opportunity to, you know, really look at buying more stock. They're on discount. Yeah, I never got the whole, I'm going to run out of Target when there's a sale. And that's what's happening a lot right now, right? Yep. Stocks are on sale and people are running out of the store like there's a fire. Yeah. I think our message to all of our clients, uh, first and foremost, is obviously really understand the emotional fear that someone may be going through. So right, if they call and we work on our clients every single time, we meet with them to help understand like what we do in these types of events when these things happen, because we know it's emotional. So our clients really know like, hey, these things obviously are normal. A lot of clients have been through them before. And we understand like what our protocol is and we're, we're here to wait it out. But we also want to hear their concern or fear and just let them talk through that. But beyond that, I think it is a very good opportunity for clients right now that have money on the side or somebody sitting in cash. This is a good time if you've been sitting there waiting. Isn't it a good time to get in? Yeah, absolutely. And, and especially through this time period right now too. So if you haven't fund your IRA or Roth IRA, um, now's a good time to do that as well. Stocks are on sale. If you have cash on the side... There's a really good entry point because the stocks are a lot cheaper than they were two months ago. If you're not maxing out your 401k, increase those contributions and get that money in now, you know, to start the dollar cost averaging. I have a side question for both of you. Do either of you know what Amazon.com's biggest sales day is? No. What is it? Most people, I think, would probably say... Prime day? Prime um, day. Oh, I was going to say Cyber Monday or, yeah. or Black Friday, but yeah, it's actually Prime Day. Ooh, and, I was right. Yeah, and the, and the reason it's Prime Day is because that's when everything on the website's on sale for Prime members. Which pretty much relates to everything that's going on right now. We run to sales when they're happening, when we want to buy product. But when stocks are declining and they're going on sale, everyone's afraid and wants to sell all of their stuff. Yeah, for some reason, when businesses go on sale, everyone wants to run the other way. Yeah, and it's always confused me too. I mean, when your house, the housing market starts to drop, most people aren't very anxious to go put their house on the market. And they hold off. Yeah. Not all. They're like, oh, I'm not going to sell or oh, it looks like a good time for me to scoop up another piece of property. One small tip, I think, or hint for someone, you guys could tell me if I'm correct, is if you have a brokerage account with after-tax dollars or an IRA brokerage account and you have individual stocks or stocks or funds that are paying dividends, shouldn't you have those dividends be reinvested, especially now? Yeah, because you're, you're taking your dividends and buying shares at a lower price. So absolutely, it makes a ton of sense to do that. So what is a dividend to explain that? So corporations, um, C-corporations, and essentially so all, all common stock is C-corporation, they pay a dividend and um, that's the way for them to get money back to shareholders. So kind of like an interest payment for having your money invested with that company. Exactly. And so when they pay that interest payment, that interest payment's going to you, but you want it to buy more shares. So as stocks are on sale, you're actually inherit, you're buying more stock on sale. Yep, at a cheaper price, and it starts to compound. Next time you'll get more dividends because you have more shares. You'll buy more shares, and you know it's just this vicious cycle of you making a lot of money. Because you can take them in cash, or you can, like you said, the reinvestment strategy. So just a, a red flag, go check your dividends. Yeah. And I think one point that we just made that I think is also important for every listener is, I mean, if you can afford to increase your 401k contribution up 3%, 4%, 5%, at least for now, over the next several months, because you have you know, extra money every month, would you agree that's a great time right now? 
Yeah. Yeah. Like we talked about, they're just, it's cheaper. These are the opportunities where, like you talked about, can really mold your future. Taking advantage of, you know, markets when they are down is a strategy we want to be a part of. And so I agree with you. Now's a good time. And for people who are really panicking, I don't think that the best thing to do just based on the research is that we go out and sell everything in our portfolio or start making emotional transactions. I think some proactive ways that you can help this situation is maybe you may spend a little bit less. Like if you're taking $1,000 a month from your portfolio every month and you really don't need it or you can cut back spending, why not lower it during this period? Let your money stay invested. Let it keep growing and do what you can to lower your costs or your expenses, or maybe you don't take as as expensive of as a trip right now when the market's down. Be proactive with your spending. That will go a lot further than you trying to be emotional and sell all of your stock during this time. Yeah, I agree. If you could figure a way to cut 10% from your budget, it's going to go a lot further than selling you know, 20% of your stock or whatever. Yeah, and holding off all those large expenses maybe that you had planned in the near future. Yeah, and I think what's always so critical is is just with when we review these things with clients, having all these structures and fundamental in place is really what's so critical during times like this because it just avoids it saves so much money by selling everything. I mean, if you put the strong fundamentals, increasing your your dollars that you're putting into your four hundred one k plan, making dividend reinvestments, dollar cost average, all these things just I mean, my gosh, it can really change the outcome of your future. So uh, any parting words as we kind of wrap up the end of, you know, these tips to manage a declining market as people are considering what to do as this market continues to fall? Um, Yeah, I have one tip. If you're afraid of a bear market, the bear scares you. The best thing to do is to not watch the bear. So turn off the TV, turn off the radio. Financial media is really just there to scare you. And they're good at it. Wait, you don't uh, like to see the red heat map that we were looking at today? No, I don't. I don't like looking at the red. Um, well, I mean, I could stomach it, but I don't like it when people who uh, are fearful look at it because it just creates more fear. Yeah, I mean, isn't the news more interesting in times like this? Way more interesting. Yeah, I mean, I never turned my TV on in my office, but for the last two weeks, my TV's been on every day, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is it is. But it's also good, like great time for like you know articles and research like it's just a lot of good content out there right now when it's times like this so it's our job to follow it though and it's not you know the average joe's job this is our job and i think people should just think about the positive right yes a decline right now isn't fun but this is a great time for people to be catapulted into a, a great retirement or in two years from now three years from now have a lot more money you know if you have money sitting on the side it's opportunities are starting to now be there and think on the bright side, in a few years from now, you're probably going to be in a lot better position than you are today. And that just takes a little bit of strong fundamentals and emotional um, strength. But, you know, just kind of let this time pass and uh, you'll be okay. You know, it's just a matter of just staying strong in this time and don't let the media swing you one way or the other. Yeah. And staying disciplined. I think that, you know, that's staying disciplined to what you originally, your plan was. I think that's just very important in focusing on things we can control. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening to the Retirement Plan Playbook. For more information, you can review our show notes, download our ebook, or even join our newsletter at retirementplanplaybook.com. So visit us on the website. And if you have questions, please send us questions through there also. Uh, hopefully we'll have a mailbag episode for questions that came from listeners. So we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. 
RPA Wealth Management is a state-registered investment advisor located in Rancho Cucamonga, California. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. RPA Wealth Management may only transact business in those states and jurisdictions in which it is registered or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. A copy of RPA Wealth Management's current disclosure statement, Form ADV Part 1, containing RPA Wealth Management's business operations, services, and fees is available by accessing the SEC's Investment Advisor Public Disclosure website. RPA Wealth Management will provide Form ADV Part 2A from Brochure and 2B Brochure Supplement to interested parties upon request. Information provided on this podcast should not be construed as a solicitation or offer or recommendation to acquire or dispose of any investment or engage in any other transaction. RPA Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personal investment advice or financial planning advice through its podcasts. RPA Wealth Management podcasts are intended for information and educational purposes only.